This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Kanderson and welcome to Open for Business. Globally, mental health concerns are becoming increasingly prevalent. Recent data from the United Nations has highlighted that nearly a billion individuals are grappling with some form of mental health condition. Even more concerning is that the WHO or the World Health Organization notes that approximately 20% of the world's children and adolescents are dealing with mental health issues with suicide a leading cause of death among those aged between 15 to 29. Support is a digital self-care and social support platform that hopes to address this pressing concern, particularly among young adults by connecting them to all measures of care, whether it's prevention, treatment or maintenance. Today, you will hear the story of why the four co-founders came together to build support, the process and challenge of building a mental health solution, and the business model that will turn this from an idea into a viable business model with co-founders of support, CEO Najia Ilya and COO Nirin Hamka. Najia, Nirin, welcome to the show. How are you both doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. Hi, Roshin. Happy to be here. <laughs> you and the other co-founders mm-hmm. manage each other through Seed Labs, if yes. I'm not mistaken, yes. a joint initiative by Patronas and Tata Consultancy Services. Now, while programs like this are great for training and guidance, having a strong why to build that business mm-hmm. is also really important. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about why the four of you started support. So if I could start, the why is different for all four co-founders mm-hmm. because, you know, joining Seed Lab, we were strangers. We didn't know each other. We had a passion about mental health. For my story is that I had a friend who was he never developed mental illnesses, but suddenly he had that. And when he spoke to me, I couldn't help him. And that made me very sad. And mm. I guess God opened a door. My dad said, go ahead and join Seat Lab. And I saw, oh, it has something to do with mental health. And I think maybe that's my reason why to help another Nurin out there, you know, mm. want to help another person or another friend that is dealing with mental health. Yeah. So you've got a personal stake yes, in this. Yeah. Nadia, what about you? What is your why here? Growing up, I've always been the therapist friend. People seem to like to confide in me. And even at the age of like 14, I was already dealing with, let's say, cases mm. where people are self-harming. And at that young age, I didn't know what to do. That guilt grew. And as I grew older, more people confided in me and the cases became more complex, cases that I probably can't even say on radio. Mm. And, well, it gets a bit heartbreaking to see people that you grow up with getting worse and more and more people coming and I couldn't manage everyone. So I knew I had to do something and leverage on other people as well to create a better solution for everyone. While we're getting to know the two of you, why don't you tell us about the backgrounds of the four co-founders, right, including mm-hmm. yourselves, what do you, each of you bring to the table, especially because you met at an accelerator, so I'm yep. pretty sure that this was, you know, talked about and this was formulated. So talk to us a little bit about what each of you bring to the table. So for me, I was a psychology graduate and very fresh out of the oven, uh, one, two months after I straight away entered Seat Lab. I focus more on the psychology area and I f- see myself more of a generalist. So I do a bit of cash flow. I can understand a bit of the psychology area. I can create a website. And that gives me an overview of the whole general business for me to strategize and make a better decision for the company. 
As for myself, I graduated with a business administration degree. And, mm-hmm. you know, people always think, oh, you graduated with a business degree. You must be good at finance. <laughs> and so, okay, that's a lot. Two in, different in, things. Yeah, that's a, two different things. I was really really interested in, you know, social enterprise. And I was volunteering when while I was in university, you know, helping secondary school kids to learn about Adobe Photoshop. So that has become the reason why, you know, I entered C-Lab, the reason why I want to go into social enterprises. And I'm really interested in marketing, you know, design. Okay, a business student can also design. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning a lot about creating collaterals. I'm also learning about tech. I don't have any tech backgrounds, but I'm learning it slowly mm-hmm. and uh, knowing about uh, what about UI, UX. It was so foreign to me when I was starting it. But then now I think it is creating something of a new passion for me to learn about UI, UX as well. Can you tell us about the other two co-founders as well? What are their roles, their yeah. backgrounds? So we co-founded with other two. One is Fatiha Shu'ib and also Khadija Amin. Fatiha Shu'ib has graduated from Islamic Jurisprudence from Jordan. She has started her own NGO as well related mm. to mental health. So her passion is about helping other people regarding their mental health. And that's where her passion about mental health comes from. And she brings to the table as the uh, CMO of support. So meaning that she would help us connect with people that she knows because from her past experience with her NGO itself, she has dealt with a lot of artists, Malaysian artists, and also other government bodies that could help us in the journey of building support as well. As for Khadija, I mean, she is also a graduate from Islamic Jurisprudence as well, but she is no longer with Sapot, but she is the co-founder of Sapot and she has helped us, especially with the tech background because she was really interested in tech as well and she won a lot of pitching competition because she, both of them are actually mental illness survivors. Mm. So they wanted to help in the perspective of being the mental illness survivors themselves. So that is what they bring to the table. I guess that's why you have like more than one co-founder. Because sometimes people need to go do other things in their lives. So you still have three. So that's still one year and you still have three. Now, as it stands, let's just quickly go through the product suite here, the product mix. In the current iteration of the business, there are three products. Mm -hmm. Support warriors, support stories and support tools. Could you quickly just take us through these and the strategies behind like this particular approach to your business? So the current product that is live now is the Support Warriors. This enables people to talk to recovered mental health survivors who we train so that they can utilize their personal experience to help other people. So the rationale behind this product was because of my past experience, I realized that people reached out to their friends for comfort. The idea of this peer support is to actually just have a trained and empathetic friend that you can talk to and help you overcome whatever challenges that you're going through. For the second feature, the support tools, is basically digitized therapy worksheets, techniques, assessments that you can access wherever and whenever. So this is still in development. But the idea of the support tools is to actually enhance the support warriors feature because Sometimes even talking to someone about opening up for the first time might be daunting. So you might want to try it out first. So this is one of the gateways towards the support warriors. And the final feature, the support stories, are basically where you can share and read relatable stories while we layer that with an expert's point of view on each topic. So this helps overcome that stigma, make people realize that there's others out there like them and they could also come every day to just check for new uh, content. Mm. 
so you've got the one that's live is Warriors, which yes. is just speaking to peers about yes. what they're going through. And then stories is quite interesting because I guess sometimes we're not ready to talk reading yeah. about other people's yeah. experiences yeah. and yeah. the views of a mental health professional on that would mm. be quite good as well. Yes. The interesting one is the tools because I guess talking and reading is one thing, but I guess you need to practice and, yeah, yes. you know, have that uh, something to do over the longer term yes. to, you know, manage your manage manage your the situation. Yeah, yeah. Now, the really important question here mm. is that I guess the level of quality that's being brought to this, right? Mm. Are you working mm. with sufficient number of professionals in yep. the space so that because it's such a sensitive thing, right? And yeah. it does seem that there's a little bit of a ripple of discontent with some mental health apps over in the US at yeah. least. Some of them were criticized for connecting clients with unsuitable therapists. I think mm-hmm. I don't have to name yeah. which ones these were. There are also obviously privacy concerns. Yeah. These are critical issues that can make or break a, start, yes, a startup definitely. that's just starting. Yeah, yeah. So how do you, I guess, bolster the credentials mm-hmm. of the offering that you mm-hmm. have and ensure the quality of the mental health services and support you provide? Okay, so for our support warriors, we actually get the training from an organisation called IMROC. They are actually from the UK and established under the National Healthcare Services itself. So basically, this type of help has already been done in the UK. And from there, we take the training and they are responsible to give us the accreditation to our support warriors. So our support warriors are not just being plucked anywhere because, oh, I want to give help. Mm-hmm. But they have gone through training, like practical training and also theoretical training for three months before we give them to our users. And then from there, we also complement with other type of therapies. Like, for example, last week, we just went for a workshop related to cognitive behavioural therapy. So how, as a support warrior, not only give their lived experiences, but related to therapies that they have gone through, uh, experiences of type of therapy that they are, I would say, experienced with, mm-hmm. like other than cognitive behavioural therapy. So the importance of the users to, you know, uh, the accreditation is very important. The qualification of the support warrior is also important. So, It's not only a one-way process that they are trained as accredited peer supporters, but we are looking forward to more trainings or to more experiences that can complement our support warriors. Do you have any mental health professionals as advisors on the payroll, for example? Because you're also doing commentary on the content side of things, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have, you have mental health professionals yeah. with you? Yeah. Well, we are also working closely with Mentari, which is a community mental health clinic and the, the Ministry of Health. And right now, we are doing our pilot testing where we physically place our support warriors in one of the branches, Mentari Selayang. Mm-hmm. And that's an exciting collaboration for us. So they are supportive of our efforts. We also work closely, like sometimes for our first batch, for example, they also suggested mental health survivors that has gone through their service who are ready to work to become support warriors. All right. Nareen, Najah, we have to go to a few messages, but we'll be back in just a bit. Up next, we'll get into the process of building this business, as well as some of the most challenging parts along the way. Folks, I've been speaking with the co-founders of digital self-care and social support platform support, Najah Ilya and Nareen Hamka. I'm Roshan Kanesan. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Bias Free Media. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. 
Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kandison and this morning I've been speaking with the co-founders of digital self-care and social support platform Support, Najia Ilya and Nurin Hamka. Now, given that one in three Malaysians are stated to have mental health issues based on the National Health and Mobility Survey conducted in 2015, by the way, so that was some time ago, I think it's more than fair to say that there is a gap in the market to address this. But how did you do your research? What was the process like in before you picked jumping into this? We were from Seed Lab and they kind of like coached us on how do we do our MVP testing, how do we talk to clients, how do we interview potential customers. So it was both reading up on research that is currently readily available, but we also had to interview at least, 50. I think, 50, yeah, 50 personas, whether that is potential clients or whether that is mental health professionals just to understand what the problem is first mm. after we figured out what the problem is drilling down like why 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 are they <laughs> going through this well challenges pain, yeah. in mental health like what is the actual pain point mm -hmm. we then also had to brainstorm on what the solution is mm -hmm. and then we asked again mm -hmm. more people what they thought about the solution yeah. to validate whether it works or whether it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. When you did your surveys yeah. of the 50 people, the 50 yeah. personas, sorry, mm -hmm. what was the problem? Like you made a point earlier to say that you were looking for the problem. Was there a common denominator that you guys spotted? Well, initially there are, you know, cost is an element, accessibility is an element, but when you drill down deeper, it's back to stigma mm. and that's exactly then we looked at their behaviours yeah. and that's how we got back to the yeah. peer support solution yeah. of utilising friends if I may add also because of the stigma you know when we were growing up sometimes you're sharing to other people your stories get out I would say yeah. if you were asking about common denominator that was what our persona was dealing with I want to tell someone about my story but then how can I trust this person? So that's why it's really important for us to create a platform that is trustable and as well accessible. Yeah. To, to our and I guess in the early stages, you also don't really know whether you have a problem or not. Yeah. Mm. So identifying that is also a challenge for the personas. Yeah. So the key question here, I think, is to talk about security and privacy because, again, yeah. that's super essential when we talk yep. about this. It's a very sensitive topic and can be very crucial. So talk about the measures included and built into a support to ensure the security of users' private information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, our users come from everywhere. Usually, it's from our social media and stuff. But the precaution that we have taken is that before even the support warriors were trained, we have legal documents to take care of the support warrior as well as the user. We have PDPAs. We adhere by that. And we also adhere by the HIPAA Act. So it's similar to what doctors already have. Because even though we're not professionals, we adhere to that act. And I think it's one of the ways that we take care of the security of our users and as well as the support warriors themselves. Yeah, because right now I think the regulations around digital mental health or telemedicine for that matter, not very clear. It's yes. still rooted in the current infrastructure yes, that yes. we have. So it's a bit fragmented mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm, to say mm -hmm. the least. So 
on the point of stigma, since we brought it up, yeah. while younger demographics have looked to be more accepting of mental health yeah. issues and wellness, a 2019 academic review basically it's reiterated what you guys said yeah. earlier, which was, among other things, psychiatric illness in Asian societies were less socially acceptable and were viewed as being a personal weakness. I think a lot mm. of us can yeah. relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you going to address this very, very key hurdle? I would say, especially... I would say I'm Gen Gen Y. I think yeah. So I'm like Gen Y is usually they're much tersepit. Yeah, in the middle tersepit <laughs> because like we were living in an age where we don't have phones, we don't have internet. But then suddenly an age came. Oh, phones are like. So you know what dial-up sounds like? Sorry. Do you know yes, what dial-up? Yes, yes, okay, I know. Okay, I know. I'm not. I'm not that <laughs> young, but I'm not that old also. But then like because this kind of generation, I think. People like my age, they were dealing with this kind of problem because, mm. okay, the younger generation say, oh, accept your mental health, you know, accept your the problems that you're dealing with. But then leaving, it's like, I can't say that because I might be portrayed as weak. Mm. But the way we go through this obstacle is that you got to see it with an open heart. Sometimes they just say it they, because they don't understand. Mm. Especially me trying to tell, let's say, my uncles, my aunties, or even my parents, trying to help them to understand what is the problem about mental health and then oh, just share it okay it's actually like this it's like this mm. and then you need a lot of patience to educate people because I think that's the hypothesis that you gotta educate other yeah, people education yeah. and in, I guess engagement as well yes, right? yes. so how much engagement does support do are you doing a lot of content perhaps to get the word out uh, support stories would be a good element I guess to get that yeah. really uh, socialised but at this point in time, what efforts are you doing to, I guess, make this more relatable and uh, less stigmatised? So we utilise our support warriors a lot where they share what they're experiencing on social media, creating that openness so that our users will also feel comfortable. Because sometimes you just want to know who you're going to talk to before actually talking to them. We also have user feedbacks and then also sharing it. We also collect stories, like support stories, and sharing it on social media as well, mm -hmm. just to create this open culture. Mm -hmm. Even as co-founders, Fatiha, she would also just share her story, and that creates an atmosphere where people start to be more empathetic about each other. Before we get into the business model, I do want to ask, where did the two of you think you are in the product market fit journey right now? I think we will constantly be iterating, mm. learning from our process. And, well, we're close, but as you grow into the business, you realise that, oh, there's another gap. Oh, there's another gap. Mm. I can improve here. So it's hard to say where exactly we're in, but so far, from the feedback that we've been getting from the users, they gave us a rating of like 9 out of 10 for helpfulness mm -hmm. and 100% would recommend to their friends. So I think that's good. But how we approach it, that's another way. Like how do we brand ourselves and how do we go to market? That's where we're focusing our iterations on right now. Yeah. And what are you considering as part of the go-to-market strategy? So we started as a B2C but we're also getting a bit more traction from companies to do trainings, workshops, talks, etc. So we're also slowly venturing into B2Bs. That would also help us create a more stable user base 
Yeah, the corporate side seems to be quite interesting. I mean, I spoke to uh, Joan Lowe of Thoughtful a few months back and quite a few others, even Ellery. A lot of it focused on the corporate space as part of their HR and employee wellness packages. So that could be quite an interesting space Mm. to be in. What has been, I guess, the most challenging part so far in building support? I think first, definitely stigma, you know, Mm. people thinking, how do you make money with mental health? Mm. And then also sometimes people would say, don't you feel bad making money out of mental health Mm. as well? (laughs) (laughs) So I think it basically goes back to, you know, everyone needs help. Right. And that's the reason why we went for B2C, because like other companies were looking into corporates, helping the B2Cs. We don't want to forget about them. So that's why we were focusing on them. But like Najia was saying, in order to sustain ourselves, to have profit, we do need to focus on the corporation itself. So definitely the first one is stigma. And the second one is convincing other people that there is a way for you to help other people. There is a way that for corporates, you know, if you want to help your employees, there are um, other ways other than whatever is already out there. Up next, we'll get into the business model, among other things, including funding. Folks, I've been speaking with the co-founders of digital self-care and social support platform Support, Nadia Ilya and Nurin Hamka. I'm Roshan Kainasin. We're going into the 10.30am News Bulletin. We'll be back right after that here on Open for Business. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Boring, fake, macho. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanison, and this morning I've been speaking with the co-founders of digital self-care and social support platform Support, Najia Ilya and Nirin Hamka. Could you give us a sense of the user base or activity on the platform so far? We would definitely say we have users using our <laughs> support warrior. What kind of growth rate are you guys seeing on the platform? Currently, our revenue state is around five figures, mm. and that's relatively well, I think, in my opinion, because we just started end of last year. Yeah. And it takes a while for users to trust us, because mm-hmm. first, peer support is a new concept, mm-hmm. yeah. and second, it's a new business, and you know, you're opening up to someone, and that's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And the business model here is, if I understand correctly, it's a purchase model, right? You Mm -hmm. are charging fees for the services. Yes. So are you seeing repeat use by the users or is it a lot of people are just one off using the services? We definitely see repeat customers on average around three sessions per person. It ranges from one to eight sessions Mm -hmm. per person. So you're making revenue already. Mm -hmm. Obviously, five figures, not the biggest sum in the world, but considering the fact that I guess you haven't achieve strong product market fit just yet. Going forward, I guess, what looks to be the strategy in terms of, I guess, the way forward for growing the business, revenue generation, what's going to drive growth going forward? So going forward, we are looking into securing more B2B customers, as well as launching our next feature, the support tools. We are also looking into referrals with mental health professionals, Mm. Because we look 
support as a complementary services. Mm-hmm. So it's not to replace whatever is out there. We also believe that the importance of going to meet psychiatrists or uh, professionals, mental health professionals. But sometimes our users just need a little push. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just knowing, you know, okay, I can go to support, learn about what are my options? What can I know about mental health? And from there, we see that we can lead them to mental health professionals. And that's what uh, Nadia was saying about referring our services from the professionals and we can refer professionals from our services. Yeah. As you look towards the B2B model, mm-hmm. how do you see this being implemented? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I would say for the B2B side is that similar, we can go into companies and relate it to what employee wellness basically are we call it employee assistant program so support will be placed in the company and we would definitely play on the support warriors experiences rather than the professional itself but then I think from there we can you know work with mental health professionals that is already available to offer their services to those B2B companies as well so yeah now I think you made a great point earlier that on one part is uh, some people are going to ask is it right to make money off yeah. mental health? Yeah. Well, the fact is, this is a business and you have to think about things like the path to profitability, yep. the kind of margins you can make here over the longer term. Yeah. And I'm sure as part of your accelerator program, as part of the seed labs mm-hmm. as well, the business plan would have been key in terms of, I guess, putting this together. So tell us a little bit about the path to profitability mm-hmm. over the longer term and mm-hmm. the expected margins that we can see from this business. If I would say first about, don't you feel bad making money out of (laughs) mental health services? But I would like to point out also that our support warrior also make money from the services that they provide. We don't make all the money in the world. Mm -hmm. It's just that we see that the support warrior is making an income as well with support. Okay, so because we're opening up two B2Bs, opening up our revenue streams, we're also looking to commercialize our trainings as well. So there's a lot of potential for growth there. We are looking at a possible margin of around 60%. Gross. Yeah. And I know it's very early. It's been less than a year since Mm -hmm. you've started. But do you have a sense of the timeline that it would take you to reach profitability at this point? So currently we're bootstrapping because we wanted to really focus on creating a good product, Mm -hmm. making sure we can pivot freely. Now we're looking into funding as well. We're looking to break even in year 2025. Okay. And have you been speaking to investors? What's the feedback been like Mm -hmm. or What's the process of fundraising looking like for support? Yeah, so we join a lot of competition, like pitching competition, and we acquire prize money, and we have given grant in kinds to help us develop support, basically. And we are currently now in an accelerator program called The Antler. So, yeah. Yeah, I think Antler just opened up shop a few months back. Yeah. So, and uh, very focused on very early, uh, usually first check uh, through the door. So it should be yeah. interesting to see what comes out of that. Uh, are you able to share how much grant money, how much have you used to fund this business so far? Six figures, below six figures, uh, above six below figures? Below six figures. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten more, but we've only utilised like below six figures yeah. because mm-hmm. most of it, we try to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of MVP testing, yeah. you know, the website, we created it ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're still in the MVP stage, right? You're, you're iterating on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When do you see, I guess, a full launch of a support, the version two of support okay. being launched? 
currently the support warrior is already live and it's anyone can go and just book a session we're ready to take b2b clients as well and for us the next feature would be probably launch sometime next year early next year looking ahead what are the key goals for support in the next one year? Aside mm-hmm. the fact that you want to launch and ship another yeah. feature, uh, what are the what is the key goals? Hey, one year from now, we are here talking again. Mm-hmm. What have you done? I would say one, you know, mental health services or help is much more approachable, accessible, and there's a lot of trust in it. If you were talking about what would support be in the next year, I would say there are more support warriors. There are more people getting the push they need in order to take care of their mental health. So over the next one year, we're focusing on three parts. So one, the supply, meaning training more support warriors so that people can talk to people of different areas of specialty. And then second, to increase the demand meaning our marketing efforts and our outreach programs. And then third, to build a better platform. So we're looking into app development from our client sponsors and really enhancing and creating a more personalized experience for the users. On that note, uh, I'd like to thank you both for your time today. Thank you so much, Roshan. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Thank you so much. I've been speaking with the co-founders of digital self-care and social support platform, Support, Nadia Ilya and Nirin Hamka. I'm Roshan Kynason. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.